0: Welcome to Patriot's Podium, the conservative party's regular podcast, bringing newsmakers, elected officials and conservative leaders to uh, to you as we they participate in the freewheeling uh, Q&A session. Um, Here today with Alan Roth, the president of Secure America Now. Secure America Now is a politically conservative 501C4 nonprofit organization founded in 2011 that focuses on U.S. foreign policy issues. Alan, it's a pleasure to have you with us. In terms of a little background on Alan, he has been involved in a wide range of conservative causes for decades. And I mean campaigns, policy issues, um, formal and informal groups to deal with government across the board for many, many years. And I've, been, had, I've had the pleasure of working with Alan closely in many of those projects. In addition to being the president of Secure America Now, Alan is a vice chairman of the New York State Conservative Party, an alumni of many political campaigns, and a political advisor to businessman and philanthropist Ron Lauder. I might also add that Alan holds a number of graduate degrees from Columbia University in both politics and international affairs. Uh, And in many ways, he could be considered an expert himself in a great deal of what he's going to speak about today. Alan, thank you for being with us. Uh, please.
1: Thank you, Jerry. Great to be here, and it's a privilege.
0: Well, Alan, let's get right let's get right to it. Secure America has been around for a number of years. What automatically comes to mind is border security, but the organization is involved in other security-related issues. Could you tell us a little about that work?
1: When we started out in in twenty eleven we in fact were a group of people who were very concerned about national security issues. And during the Obama administration, we were extremely concerned that the Obama administration was moving towards giving Iran nuclear capabilities, which would be a direct threat to the United States of America and also to the state of Israel and the whole Western world. So we launched a campaign that, in fact, helped stop that particular attempt by Obama to come to fruition. Unfortunately, the Biden administration has picked up that, uh, in a sense, dead log and trying to breathe life into giving Iran nuclear weapons. And we will be engaged in trying to stop that. So we concentrated on national security, especially in terms of making sure that America had the military capability to in fact defend this country. But in recent years, especially uh, because of the policies of the Democratic Party, presidents Obama and Biden, we, our focus has broadened to include domestic issues. And those domestic issues include a porous border um, where America literally is being invaded with the help and support of the White House, Uh, It also includes being very critical of prosecutors like Alvin Bragg here in New York who refuse to prosecute lawbreakers. And we have a lawlessness that is spread across this country, and we're fighting that. And uh, we now have, I would say, a 50-50 domestic and international affairs agenda.
0: So let me, you you've very strongly alluded to this but I want to be a little more specific. What do you see as the greatest differences between the Trump administration approach versus the Biden administration approach to the Middle East?
1: In the Trump administration the world including all the countries of the Middle East as well as the rest of the world took America seriously. President Trump Made the United States of America a extraordinarily, if not the single most important force in international affairs. And when President Trump, whether he told North Korea or Saudi Arabia or China that this is America's policy, they knew, this was America's policy that was backed up by the American people and the American ability to, to force across the world. And he used that not to create enemies, not to get America engaged in wars. As a matter of fact, he was first president who didn't get engaged in a war in in a very long time. But in fact, he used that to bring about peace. And in the Middle East, one of the biggest problems that we face now is that Trump left an incredible situation in which the Sunni Arab countries, for the first time since the creation of the State of Israel, we're moving towards recognizing the state of Israel like Egypt did many decades ago. And it was called the initiative was called the Abraham Accord. And that Trump initiative was handed over to the Biden administration. But because of the weakness that is coming forth from the Biden administration. Traditional American allies in the region that Trump used to bring about a rapprochement with the state of Israel have in fact lost confidence that America could can secure the area, meaning secure their national interests. And now we have Saudi Arabia, which has not been on an antagonistic level with Israel during the Trump administration, now Saudi Arabia is looking to um, China and is looking to even trying to placate their mortal enemy Iran because the Biden administration is not trusted that it will or can defend the interests of the Saudis or any of the other Sunni Arab country, which in fact can lead to a very serious, um, it could lead to shooting wars, et cetera. And on top of that, the Biden administration is holding, quote, secret negotiations in Oman as we speak to try to, breathe life into the Obama nuclear deal with Iran, which would give Iran nuclear weapons.
0: Thank you, Alan. Thank you very much on that. That's very, very informative. Now, I would like to uh, move over to the issue of our southern borders, asylum seekers, illegal immigrants. I have a couple of questions that, that I'll ask separately. But, I mean, your organization, I know, does look at public opinion data on the migrant issue. Do Americans in general feel it's a crisis and do they support President Biden's approach?
1: The answer is a very clear no. The Biden administration is pushing an agenda that every single day loses more and more Americans as supporters. It is well, it The Biden administration border policy, which is basically leave the border open, allow as many illegal migrants to come into this country, is in fact not supported by more than 30% of the American people. And at times it's down to the low 20s. So it is an agenda-driven from the White House. It is not reflective of the American people. The American people, and they have been polled separately on a bunch of issues related to the border, the American people feel that, number one, it's wrong for illegal migrants to get support from the administration when, in fact, there are people who are trying to legally come into this country who are not permitted to come into this country. And with the illegal borders, the American people feel number one, and they are correct on this. It is not migrants who are fleeing political persecution. If you just saw films of the people coming into this country in mass numbers from South America, they're extremely well-dressed. They have cell phones, which we give them once they cross the border, which is an outrage beyond an outrage. We did a video on the, um, the Biden administration giving cell phones to the uh, migrants, and in 24 hours... It got 2.8 million views, meaning people who saw it were so outraged that they sent it along to family and friends. And Americans feel that crime, especially drug-related crimes, are fed by drugs coming across the border by way of the cartels who are also human trafficking. So by having open borders, we're actually strengthening the illegal entities called cartels. And we also have drugs that are coming across the border that are not only hitting the inner city, but also the suburbs. And drug addiction is rampant in this country. And Americans say that our policies at the border are a major contributor to those negative outcomes.
0: Helen, you know, you I want to go back on something you just spoke about, and it's been very troubling to me. The concept of asylum for the concept of, does not lend itself to hundreds of thousands of people crossing the border from countries that the United States has diplomatic and economic relationships with, and you know has consulate offices embassies might even be providing military aid it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense just from the perspective of the concept of asylum and the biden administration you may recall had this theory that well you've got to ask for a you've got to if you're passing through a country you've got to first ask them if you could you know establish an asylum type scenario well, that completely avoids the fact that something like 40 percent of all the migrants come out of Mexico. I mean, th- there's a it's a complicated issue, but it's also simplistic in many ways. There's a lot of what is occurring that makes absolutely no sense. And this You're a sovereign concept makes no sense to me.
1: Jerry, you are absolutely correct. These are sovereign countries that these people are coming from whether it's Mexico, Colombia, whatever South American country. And there are procedures that are being ignored. It should not be, these people should not be able to cross borders, which leads us to believe that the Biden administration is encouraging these people to come and these countries to close their eyes to the protocols and to the laws and to the embassies that exist, as you just said. This is an invasion of the United States of America brought to you by President Biden, and and it's having a terrible effect across the country.
0: I mean, I want to remind Americans that there was a time when there was an iron curtain until President Reagan and President Bush were able to take that down. As, you know, President Reagan only I think the anniversary is only three days ago where he said, you know, in Berlin, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, take this wall down. But my point here is that you could you could understand asylum seekers coming out from behind an iron curtain. How can you possibly equate that with someone coming to the U.S. from Guatemala? Makes absolutely no sense. But if if you allow me, I'd like to continue on this this, Uh this trail here. I know Secure America Now, as an organization, works closely with the membership of the United States Border Patrol and allied uh, security-type agencies with the membership. This is not a government relationship. It's a membership relationship. Could you give us... uh, To the degree you can, could you give us uh, their perspective about building a wall, their ability to secure the borders, and current American migrant policies?
1: Yes. Uh, We have built a very strong, mutually appreciative relationship with uh, with basically the Border Patrol of the United States, the union that represents the Border Patrol age. Under the Trump administration, these agents were given not only the support from the White House, but also the tools, meaning primarily manpower, to secure our borders. By the end of the Trump administration, our southern border was basically closed to illegals coming across and they these are not Republicans or Democrats, these are American patriots trying to do their job, plain and simple. Under the Biden administration, the focus has been to be antagonistic to the Border Patrol agents. You may our viewers may in fact remember that the Biden administration accused border patrol agents on horseback of attacking defenseless migrants. In fact, the situation is just the opposite. They were trying to help defenseless migrants. But the Secretary of Homeland Security, the President of the United States, attacked the border patrol agents. In addition, they have defunded major programs that would, that help the Border Patrol agents, do their job. So basically, they are now an organization and a group of patriotic men and American men and women who cannot effectively control illegals from coming into the country because the Biden administration, in fact, wants them to come in. So they've turned the Border Patrol agents into the enemy not the illegal uh, migrants coming into the country.
0: Well, thank you, Alan. Thank you very much. Could you, uh, could you uh, give us some idea of how the organization uh, gets its message out and how our audience could interact with you all?
1: Yes. Uh, we are on every major social media platform. Instagram, we're even on TikTok. Um, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you do a search, Secure America Now, on any of these platforms, you can engage with us. And also, if you like us, you can get our feeds onto your feeds. We are also on the World Wide Web at secureamericanow.org. And what I want to say about this is we started as an organization of concerned Americans. Matter of fact, people who work on Secure America Now do not get paid by Secure America Now. All funds that we raise go right into spreading our message. And from a couple of hundred people, we now have engagements, meaning people who like us, across social media and on the web of six, seven million people. Mm -hmm. And so we can get our messages across. We can, in fact, give you media stuff from smaller media outlets that the mainstream media will not report whether it's about migrants getting cell phones, whether it's about Iran getting nuclear weapons. And, uh, and we are able to, through our millions of followers, get the message out there. We produce uh, fresh films. As a matter of fact, if you go to secureamericanow.com or .org, there is a film that we did on the border with the help of the Border Patrol agents. Uh, I have to say so myself, although I have nothing to do with the actual making of the film. It is a superb film. I urge you to go and watch
0: it. Thank you, Alan. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: Yeah. America is, in fact, under tremendous negative forces are attacking us from within and without. We have a presidency that in fact is encouraging the negative forces. And we, but there are millions, a majority of Americans who are opposed to the course that we are currently on. And if you have access to a computer or to a, or to a phone, that can uh, interact with the web. You can, if you see something that supports what you're doing, what you feel, whether it's safe streets, closing our borders. If you see that, post it, take stuff from the New York State Conservative Party that they're producing it. Don't just read it, put it on the web, like it on the web. Become friends of the Conservative Party. Become friends of Secure America Now. It's very easy to do. People spend hours a day on social media. Use it. And we will gain more and more adherence as more and more people understand that America is on a downward spiral. But if we do come together, we can reverse that. That's my primary message. We can reverse it. We stopped the Iran nuclear deal. We have had other major successes. And the only reason why we have had those successes is because average Americans are with us when we speak. And the elected officials know that, so we carry weight. So come on board and support your local organizations like the New York State Conservative Party.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you, Alan. Alan, and yes, thank you for spending time with us uh, today. I mean, your keen knowledge on these issues and the work of Secure America now does for the American people, I feel is really certain to be appreciated by this audience. Um, as always, I want to thank Katie and Andrew who worked together to produce this show. And for our listeners, uh, thank you for taking the time uh, to view today's episode. On our next episode, we will be joined by State Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort to discuss the now-concluded 2023 legislative session and the political environment. Thanks again for joining us, and if you um, enjoyed today's podcast, subscribe wherever you listen and uh, give us a five-star rating. Until next time, I'm Jerry Kassar, and this is Patriots Podium Podcast. Thank you.